So it's a pleasure being here once again and uh, I hope everyone is having a safe day as we continue giving God thanks and praise and magnifying his glorious name for waking up today and seeing another bright and beautiful day. So brethren, today's topic will be is any class of people exempted from giving to God? Now, all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So today's segment will be a bit short. And it's a continuation from what was discussed last week. As last week, I spoke about four valid reasons why one should give to God. So, brethren, I'll start. After having dealt with the question concerning why one should give to God, it is quite fitting that we now focus our attention on another pertinent question. Namely, is any class of individuals exempted from giving to God's cause? Brethren, as unreasonable as it may seem to some, the answer to that question is everyone, irrespective of his or her social status, is, is expected to contribute to God's cause. This requirement I shall, by God's grace, attempt to prove to you, my dear brethren. So to begin with, brethren, let us consider the story of the widow's mite, which is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. And observe the comments that Jesus made then. Being seated at a vantage point where he was able to observe the amounts of the gifts which were given to God, he made the following comments, which I'll be reading from Mark chapter 12, verses 43 to 44. And it states, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow had cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. 
for all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her wants did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So that was taken from Mark chapter 12, verses 43 to 44. From Jesus' comments, therefore, we can see that God accepts the gifts of everyone, even of the very poor. Moreover, we can also understand that God views our giving from the perspective of our ability to give, rather than from the standpoint of the amount that we give. To be sure, God takes pleasure in the sacrificial gifts of the poor, but always disdains the disproportionate gifts of the rich. Now, for those of you who will try to play down this widow's might reference by claiming that it is but an isolated incident, my next example, therefore, should go a long way towards eliminating such a fallacious notion. Accordingly, the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath is relevant indeed. This story is surely a strange one. For there we saw, brethren, a very poor widow and her son having just enough to make one final meal, after which they were prepared to die. Being confronted with a request from a prophet of God to bake a cake for him first, after which she could prepare the remainder, if there was any, for herself and her son. Can you imagine this poor widow's plight? End time scenes, notwithstanding the seemingly unreasonableness of the prophet's request, we all know what happened after she obeyed Elijah's suggestion. Our God then miraculously multiplied what was heather to a last meal so that she had no lack throughout the duration of that severe famine. From this incident, therefore, we know that God not only expects the poor to give to his cause, but more importantly, he expects them to give to him first, so that he can bless them abundantly in return. Brethren, Need I say more? Can you not see that God desires the gifts of the poor? Of course, he does. And if you wish to study further the incident that I shared today with Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, read 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 1 to 16 as confirmation. Now, if God will accept the gifts of the poor, we must expect the rich to do much more. For to whom much is given, much is expected. Accordingly, concerning God's acceptance of the gifts of the rich, 
in the Old Testament, we find a story that is indeed pertinent. There we saw a Medo-Persian king and his counselors freely contributing to the rebuilding of God's temple in Jerusalem. As confirmation, one can read Ezra chapter 7 verses 11 to 16. Not only did King Artaxes and his counselors contribute financially to God's cause, but even before their time, God stood up the spirit of King Cyrus, who wrote the following. And I'll be reading from Ezra chapter 1 verse 4, which states, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, beside the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. This King Cyrus directive, brethren, takes on added significance when we realize that it was God himself who stirred up Cyrus' heart to write, the, to write the directive which I just shared recently. So this proclamation, therefore, provides us with undeniable proof that God expects all, even the heathen kings and their subjects, to give to his cause. If you have any doubts about this that I'm sharing today, please read Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 as confirmation. So, from what was just said, therefore, brethren, we know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that God not only expects his people alone to give to his cause, instead, he expects all people, irrespective of their social status or nationality, to contribute literally to his cause. Why does God expect everyone to give to him? Now the answer to that question can be explained by this following quote, which is taken from Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, which states, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So in addition to that, God further let us know that as Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 states, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. So brethren, as I end, no one can deny that the, that the scripture mentioned today, that this is divine claim, is true. This being so, the responsibility to give surely rests with you. Undoubtedly, God, the creator of this universe, has been abundantly good to his creation. And if by his kindness to us, we all continue to live, it is only reasonable that he should expect all of us, his crowning creation, to give to him joyfully so that's the end of my segment today i will be live next week sunday again and to continue what we started last week so brethren please have a safe and productive week 
remember that Jesus Christ is returning and he will be returning soon. So please spend time preparing yourselves for his return. Spend time in the word. Meditate on the word in a daily basis. Strengthen yourselves for what's ahead. Brethren, Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. Bless.